This is the beginning of the late starting Tuesday night episode with coaching calls that we've already delayed by 10 minutes. And what, right. we, what we're coaching already is that be 10 minutes late, you got to make them want you to come. Give them the anticipation of you actually showing up. So, so I scheduled them in for 20 minute sessions, really. And we've got two of them here. So we'll see right. how this goes. See how it goes. Um, all right, first one coming in. This is Dexter from Mission Custom Landscapes. Uh, coming on the show here, Mission Custom Landscaping, sorry. And uh, Dexter is with us, if uh, Dexter can hear us. Dexter, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, man. What's up, Dexter? Uh, not much. I'm just, uh, I'm just sitting, sitting down, chilling out. I'm at... I'm at my uh, girlfriend's dad's shop. He does a uh, gas contracting, so they're letting me use it a little. Oh, nice! They're letting you use the yard. Uh yeah, and the Perfect. shop and everything. So, oh, wicked! How are you awesome. guys doing? How is it in Ontario these days? It's rough. It's rough, man. <laughs> it's cold. It's rough. It's cold. The weather is. Oh, you're in Michigan, though. Is that we like BC? BC. Oh, BC. Like okay. right near Vancouver, pretty much. Nice. An hour away. What's the market like out there? Um, it's it's pretty good. You know, it's a little, I guess, uh, not as cold here. We're actually doing some record highs for this time of year. Really? Nice. And, Can you uh, usually work all year? Uh well, I just uh finished up university last uh like in April. Okay. So I've just been laying everyone off and doing a few odd jobs. But nice. trying it out, trying it out now. I mean, there's a little bit of snow to push and all that kind of stuff, but it's only a few days. So that's my kind of winter. Just a few days. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I was at a site meeting today and they asked me, they wanted our six week projections of progress. I said, there's about <laughs> 10 more days of projections. Like, <laughs> Like, and they're like, well, we have you down for sodding the fireplace area on January 15th. <laughs> yeah, that's. I guess it's like those reels where they just put it over the snow and hope for the best. Yeah. We've done that. It all We've done that. We have no problem laying sod over snow, but cutting said, sod in January is a different story. I said, like, they're yeah, not going to exactly. cut, the, they're not going to cut the sod after Friday because it's going to freeze and they can't cut. And the guy, one guy said, "Well, can't we just get it here and store it?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah, no, it's not really that kind of thing. It's alive, just so we're all yeah." It was a bizarre, a bizarre meeting. So, what can we help you with today, Dexter? Well, I know how you guys are the experts in the trucking game and everything, and so I'm just starting out. <laughs> um. Right now, I just have the NSC or whatever, no endorsements or, or any type of commercial license. So do you think it's worth it to get that kind of stuff or get hire everything? Uh, what kind of work do you want to do? Um, right now, it's mostly doing like um, design build and then a little bit of maintenance. And you're looking for, say, like trucks like Chad has, like, 550s or you're looking for like triaxle dump trucks or tandem dump trucks or well i would say probably yeah start out with you know the 550 that kind of thing but yeah in it bc it's a lot of tandems right yeah pretty much mo like mostly tandems except for the you know the big guys they're running triaxles and stuff like that but it's a lot of like truck and transfer I don't or the know pups what... or whatever oh yeah okay yeah yeah, we call them pups. I know you're trying. I was in BC last, not this spring, the spring before, and I was, like every truck had a pup. Yeah, yeah. Basically, so, every. What is it? Tandems with pups out there? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they they pull them. Huh. Yeah. I've never seen a tandem pull a pup. It's all all triaxles here. I think pups. that there's probably a different legality to weight. Yeah. Ontario, Ontario, you can run like the heaviest weights. I think almost anywhere in North America. Huh. Hmm. Like, I don't, when I saw the tins in the pot, like, Darian's truck coming out of the pit is 36. Nice. Right? 
Well, that's nice. what he's legal for. He's legal for 30. But I bet a tandem and a pup in BC is 36 together. Mm-hmm. Probably, mm-hmm. right? But you're spreading that weight out over so much more. So your motor spec and everything is different. They put like 500 horsepower motors in a tandem out there. They must. I mean, I don't have any of that kind of gear, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh Um, So this is your first year sort of escaping then. Yeah, this is the first, um, I've been pretty much going for since 2021. Okay. And then just in the, I guess the four, four or five months or whatever in between classes and stuff like that. Oh yeah. So, so like we started out with, one f550 and it was like 15 years old i spent like 10 grand on it um manual transmission 7.3 motor which was awesome um but we ran that thing probably for 10 years we had that truck a great way to start out um, just being able to move your own material um that was our second step though like i decided i swore off dump trailers and we bought that truck and we never look back, right? So I'd say it's a good yeah. first step. Is a little yeah, like I got a, just a dump trailer now. Yeah, with a one ton, but yeah, it's kind of limited. I mean, it is nice for a few things and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, um, thinking just thinking for growth and all that. For growth, I'd say keep the dump trailer, keep the one ton truck, and add like a cheap five ton truck. And I I feel like you'll use it almost every day. Like even if you have another guy driving that, bringing materials and everything, like it speeds things up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still have two dump trailers, so. <laughs> and no little five-ton, they might. I have no little five-ton truck. I have four pickup trucks, two dump trailers, and then I have mm-hmm. the, but I, I also have, I mean, I guess in my defense, I have 17 bins and three bin trucks, so. Yeah, exactly. That does pretty good. I mean, like, if I I didn't have the bins and the bin trucks, maybe I'd be more likely to have a mid-sized truck. But that's a whole different... The bins and the bin truck is a whole different thing. So, um, we've been been looking at getting a small dump truck, even though I swore them off them on this podcast. (laughs) Repetitively. Uh, I'm pretty sure you scolded me for having. I did. You, scold you said you. <laughs> you have to pay for every cent that that truck works because you have to rely on yourself getting work for that thing. And like, well, you do have to. That, none, of right. that, none of that was a lie. <laughs> I may have said it more harshly than you deserved, but it wasn't a lie. <laughs> uh, I think I've also figured out a way to have someone else pay for it partially, which is tempting. But when I at another company that I was the operations manager at, we had all um, 3,500s or 5,500 Dodges and we used them all the time and they were good crew trucks too. Um, so we, we used them and they were, they were, the whole business was built off them. So they're also good for floating this, the skid steers and stuff. They were better than a pickup truck. I think a single axle pickup truck is working hard to float a, like a 595 size skid steer. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it can't do it or it's above the tow rating. I just think it's working hard to do it. I still do it often enough. So the SVL 75 with my truck is a one ton, I guess. But is yours a 3500? Yeah. Yeah. One ton. Yeah. Or the four ton shovel, it'll take that. But yeah. It's a, it's a job done. I'm not saying they can't. I just think having, doing it with a, a, a one ton dump truck or a fifty five hundred is just better. Yeah. Is all yeah. I'm saying. Like I, Absolutely. I think they're definitely rated for it. It just I think it works better. Yeah. What's the uh cab over market like there? Can you get yourself like a little Hino or like an Isuzu yeah. or something like that? Yeah, they're 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 quite common. Yeah. Those are so I hear great that things. Could be about a definitely those. a good option too. Yeah. Like I used to think they were ugly as sin, but like the last couple of years they've grown on me and man, I'm checking Kijiji or or auto trader, all this shit. Like I'm trying to find one. We're trying to pick one up for ourselves. Those yeah, things are the option too. Those things are the those things cowboys. How could you not love those? I I I I think they're an acquired taste. 
this is the funniest scene like with you know a single cab and there's like three guys jammed in there they're like way up there <laughs> one time they, one one of them was like a moving company they were driving by and i like shot the hose at them and stuff and they're nice <laughs> well movers yeah. and roofers are below landscapers so they definitely deserve the hose yeah <laughs> it's true below landscapers um reverse movers foundation people foundation I, don't think, people. I don't think that many of them well foundation people used to rate higher than me but then they kept overloading the fucking bins and filling them with garbage it's oh. like fuck you foundation people you're getting a lower rating from me as a person and I they all a, they're all deeply concerned about how i feel about them so i've got a bunch of foundation people working at my yard right now they poured my footing oh, i'm not talking about those kind of foundation people Oh, I'm talking about foundation repair people. Yeah. Or these people that dig holes so that you can put in a basement entrance. Those Mm. people. That's different from the people you have. True. The people you have, those are the kind of people that harass the shit out of me when I was a kid. Why would they harass you? Because we literally go in holes and build little boxes for you. I don't know. We were just on job sites all the time, and they were more important than us. The landscaper is never around footing guys. We used to always be around them. We used to build neighborhoods where we were like sodding lots across the street and they were pouring foundations on the other side. Oh. oh In yeah. my youth, I used to do like mass neighborhood sodding. We'd grade like 200 lots and then sod them all. Mm. Cutting still my heart. Oh, it was fantastic work. Yeah. My favorite thing to be doing. Totally off topic to Dexter's <laughs> problems. <laughs> What's your goal? Like, what do you. What what do you want to be? Like well, when yeah, you grow still, up, you want to be a yeah, landscaper? Exactly. You wanna, like, yeah. Well, what I did mean? the degree for like a major in accounting and then minor in finance. So wow. it's kind of I, I I started the company and I think you know I'll try and pay for my degree and all that kind of stuff. So lucky yeah. I did the school debt free and all that. But now I'm kind of starting off and I'm like I don't really want to do that. Sit in the office all day and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I see there's lots of opportunity here, but. I'm thinking right now, like I like doing not so much maintenance and stuff, more the, the you know, the bigger projects and the hardscaping and, you know, whatever, all the yeah. planting and that kind of stuff. But so I guess I'm thinking about having maybe like a little maintenance division with that can kind of have start people out and, and that kind of thing. But I don't even know if it's, it'll be worth it. What do you think? I'm not uh, a big maintenance person. I mean, Barrier to entry in maintenance seems to be lower than in hardscape, right? Like, what does a couple of snippers cost you, and maybe a ride-on mm-hmm. lawnmower or something like that? I mean, um, ride-on lawnmowers are expensive, just for the record. Yeah, maybe you're right. Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> those zero-turn zero ones are like thirty grand or something. Right? Are they? Yeah, Holy I don't know. Shit. Maybe call different podcasts and talk about that. <laughs> I think they're really expensive. Anyways, I agree there is a lower barrier. And I think it's easier to generate income, like maybe at the start, like signing up lawns. I'm not yeah, minimizing, exactly. not minimizing signing up lawns here, but mm-hmm. you know, if someone says like you, this year is probably like maybe ten percent of the revenue was doing maintenance, and then the rest was all projects and stuff hmm. so i'm not kind of sure my Maybe. whole season kind of got screwed up because i went to europe in june <laughs> so it was the worst ever yeah, but that'll screw up a landscape season but uh i think it's great how old are you uh 23 perfect when i was 23 i worked 12 months of the year 70 hours a week go to fucking europe while you can bro that's my <laughs> advice if you don't take anything else away from this coaching call, take that fucking advice. Because That's good advice, though. This is one thing I'll tell you, and I say this to clients when they're not closing their job, and they say we might do it in the spring or the fall. I've been landscaping for 30 years. I'll be landscaping next year because I don't know how to do anything else. So whether you do your job this year or you do it next year, you can still call me and I'll still come and do it because I have nothing else going on. This is it for me. And they mm-hmm. say, oh, great. That's why I'm telling you, go to Europe. Because even 30 years later, when you're 50, there will still be landscaping next season, but there won't be Europe. Yeah, true. Where's oh, Europe going? What do you mean? 
<laughs> What's happening uh, in Europe that it's not going to be? I'm, say, I'm saying that when you're 50, you have different responsibilities. You can't just fuck off to Europe mid-season. Well, maybe you can, but yeah, it might but be. You can I, go to Dominican last week. That's not mid-season, for the record. <laughs> not well, how was it in, in the Dominican? I It was hard. I was mobbed by fans everywhere. <laughs> it was a tough yeah. go. There was a lot of problems yeah. on the job site. A lot of problems. Uh, it was nice. It rained for two days and then it was beautiful. Nice. I was there for a wedding and and it was beautiful for the wedding and that's what really counts. Um, uh-huh. Not that it wasn't. Well, not my wedding. I wasn't getting. Uh, I'm still oh, working on getting divorced. Oh yeah. It's only been 13 years. Come on. Well, I, I wish you try a little harder. Did uh, she? Would she legally still own part of Paver King then? I don't know. Let's not discuss that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so because it's a limited company, but I think if I died, there may potentially be a problem. Oh, don't die. Would we own a little bit of Paver King? Sure. I guess. (laughs) Is there a will? There's not a will. Oh, well, you're fucked. (laughs) I guess I need to make a will. This is really not coaching. No. (laughs) Am I unlimited? Uh, So... I've never had a maintenance division because every time I did the math on it, I struggled with it. I struggled with how I would cut an, and obviously there's people who are very successful doing it and making a lot of money that understand something about that business that I don't, but I couldn't figure out a way to make it work for me. Mm -hmm. But there's obviously like there's, you know, cut that grass, get that cash. Right. That's a book. That's a book. (laughs) It's Brian's book, isn't it? No, that's uh, Paul Jamison's book. What's Brian's book called? Zero to 100? Zero to 100. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I think that there's people that obviously have been successful in lawn maintenance, and I think it can be a successful business. I just, I don't find it inspiring, and the the numbers weren't big enough for me to not do something that I didn't find inspiring. I like that. That's pretty good advice, actually. Oh, sick! Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so the numbers in the trucking game are shit. Mm-hmm. It's a shitty business. It's a shitty business, but I love it, so I don't care, and it doesn't matter to me. And if I was better to spend my time doing something else, it would. Say like so many people have come to me and said, if you invested the same amount of money in other things and spent the same amount of time you have as you have on your trucks, you would have way more money. I would say, I don't fucking care because I love it. And it just is what it is. And I think we do better. We have, I think we have top notch drivers and we do better than most companies that do trucking. I think we do better than them, but um, I'm, I'm passionate about it. So it doesn't matter. And when I looked at maintenance, maybe has similar numbers and it just doesn't float my boat at all. So I, my advice would be if it's, you're not passionate about it, don't do it. Hmm. But everybody has to do something. Oh, he's doing hardscaping. Yeah, true. I'm not passionate about that. I still do it. You're not passionate about hardscaping. Yeah, I think I fell out of love with it. Really? Well, yeah, I think so. I still like so, it, but I don't love so it. So what are you passionate about then? Making money now. Like I like project management and being able to get things done, but not necessarily being the one doing it all the time. Right? Because I can see the big picture on stuff, but to be the guy there who has to cut in a giant inlay for two days straight, like I've lost the passion for that side of things. Like, I can help out. I'll lay the patio. I'll screed the patio. I'll come and sand the patio after. But to be the guy who has to cut the big inlay or something like that, or I don't know, anything like mm-hmm. that, I'm just, it's not, my heart's not in it anymore. Ooh. So. so I guess kind of talking about that, you know, project management, that kind of thing, what would you guys recommend? Like, I got a pretty green crew, like just a couple guys working for me and like for training and all that kind of stuff, you know, is there different courses or things that you should be pursuing? Hmm. Uh, 
I think that there's a whole bunch of avenues now, way more than there was when I was like, yeah. I don't know what it was like when you, you got you guys are younger than me, but when I well there wasn't even internet when I started doing this. For, we had like ICPI and stuff. I took that course. And, yeah, you could go yeah. and take like a beginner course on that, which is all right. You'll learn some fundamentals and stuff. Um, but without really doing it, like landscape has always been so hands-on. Like we, I learned from doing it just a million times and watching other guys do it. But whether they were better than me or not, like we used to screed out thousand square foot patios with six foot T-bars, you know, and like a board of wood. Like, so like you just learn to get by and you, if you're smart, you pick up what works and tweak things to do it your way or maybe a better way or a more efficient way. Um, but mostly it's on the job, right? So you want guys that are, have a good attitude and uh, are receptive to new ideas and change and, and maybe trying new things. Um, I think there's lots of YouTube videos now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think I would pre-watch them, especially if they're mics. Make sure that you make sure that you. But Mike has how many YouTube videos do you have, Mike? That's uh, hard. That's hard sell. I am a hardscaper YouTube channel during this coaching call. I think Dexter um, already follows the channel, so I think he's got that there. Are you talking about like courses on actual hardscaping, or courses more so on like the project management side of things, Dexter? Well, that could be anything, really. Just a girl. okay, something just to grow beyond that. Well, you were talking mm-hmm. about with your you were talking about your two employees, right? Yeah, and even myself yeah. too. Yeah. So how many videos do you have, Mike? Uh there's like more than a hundred full length videos. I don't know the full amount of videos because shorts are mixed up into it now. So like with shorts, it's over two hundred something, but full length videos like more than a hundred. Wow. Holy. So I I think I would watch the video. I mean, I know there's lots of other resources too, right? Um there's a lot there's there seems to be a large influx of people teaching hardscaping these days mm-hmm. and huge... i guess uh teaching that since since you guys are such uh moguls in the industry so near and <laughs> year end here what is your guys a prediction for industry industry trends going into 2024 oh a lot less work like i think homeowners are tightening up um I watched a video on Facebook that popped up from two years ago about our fucking Christy Freeland lady. She was talking about homeowners sitting on an abundance of cash and she was asking the public for ways or anybody that had ideas out of how to pry that cash away from people. I've seen that. I think it was fucking bonkers. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I uh, think there's going to be pain, but I think if you're lean and you're just kind of starting out and you remain lean, you'll you'll have an opportunity to capitalize on some some stuff. I think yeah. there's going to be a bounce back in the spring. This spring? Yeah, I do. I think we're coming out be... of it that quick, are we? No, I'm not. I said this. I didn't say it was going to go all the way back. I said there's going to be a bounce back. I think in the spring. I think there's a lot of people that put up their projects thinking the world was going to end this fall. And I think that the world's not ending. And I think in the spring, they're still going to want to get those projects done. And I think there's going to be, I think everyone's going to have to work harder to close. I think the days of sending an email and having no competition and people signing up are over. I think people are going to have to put work into close, but I think that there's still, I think you're going to have a, this year I had no I knew this year was bad when I had no spring rush for phone calls. Mm. Like I never had a spring rush of like a million phone calls or inquiries in May. And so yeah. I knew it was gonna be a bad year because that sets the tone a lot of times. So I feel like mm-hmm. next year we're gonna be back to having, you know, maybe not that epic amount during the pandemic. But maybe we're back to like a more normal amount, but at least there'll be some kind of spring rush. Which sometimes that spring, like even 10 good phone calls in the spring can carry you through the whole season. Yeah, yeah. true. And I guess if it's going to slow down or whatever, like I just get a new website built and stuff, but I've been 
I also get a do a home show. Do you think those are worth it? And any tips or tricks when you're at the shows or anything? Have you guys done that before? I did a home show my first or second year. You get a lot of tire kickers. You got to wade through a lot of shit, but you may get like three or four lift and relays out of it. So like if you do the math at like 1500 bucks a pop, you know, there may be six grand in it for you. Um, I didn't come out with much more than that, but I mean, I didn't have a portfolio put together or anything either. Right. So um, it was nice for those people to take a chance on me and I got to generate some revenue with maybe a couple of lift and relays like and starting off i had nothing better to do anyway than sit at a fucking trade show for or a home show for a couple hours on a saturday and sunday and just uh just to be present right like it's uh i'd say it was worth it we did uh a lot of home for maybe three or four years we did we did one every spring and one spring we did two home shows um the spring we did two we ended up with way too many leads and i think i lost some good jobs chasing around other leads that i were probably jobs i didn't want uh chad's right having a portfolio is like something people can look at we had a tv with you know a, a constant like a carousel of photographs um the other thing is we had we were aggressive with not like I, I don't mean like I grabbed people and dragged them in, but we were ag- aggressively pursuing uh, appointments and getting people on paper. Like if someone stopped to talk to us about landscaping in the spring and they seemed remotely interested, we um, we had an appointment book on site. We put appointments in the book. And we worked at it all the time to get people on paper. Um, and then I left the two weeks after the home show, my whole life opened for two weeks, knowing that we would fill those two weeks with appointments. I think from one of the home shows, we had a hundred, I, I got some really great jobs from home shows, some big work. We also used to have Nancy green come to the home shows with us. So we had, oh, our yeah. de- we had That's our design, we had our designer on site mm-hmm. and we, we built some, Whenever we built a home show booth, I just built whatever. We tried to build stuff that no one would ever let us build in real life. Like that's how we went into every year designing the booth was what's something no one would ever let us build. One year we built um, swings out of coping and aircraft cable. We built a whole swing. Oh, wow. Um, We built. A, one year we built a coffee table out of a Maya step because yeah, no man. one would, no one would let you do every year. I could, I would find the picture, but every one time we, um, we did, we cut the fence boards on the background and we put pavers in it like stained glass. So they were vertical application of pavers. <laughs> Holy. We did, we did something every year that was unique and different trying to, get attract attention we one time we drilled what the, what the fuck do we it was all tackle block stuff because when we did home shows we always used all tackle blocks but we downwardly drilled something and then made a shelf out of uh threaded rod and coping one year hmm. um i don't know we did all kinds of crazy stuff like that just to um try to attract attention and then we aggressively got like if you're going to do a home show and you're going to stand at the back of the booth and hope that people come to you. That's a pipe dream. You're better to not spend the time or money on it. If you're going to be at the front of the booth, engage with people and have an appointment book that has spaces ready for appointments. Or I mean, nowadays you could probably do it on a fucking computer. Mm-hmm. You probably could have done it on a computer back then thinking of it, but we didn't. Uh, I'd probably still do it with a book, but that that's the only thing I'd say about it. if you're going to do a home show, like, my advice is to go all in with it and because you're spending a lot of money to be there and you need to, you need to let people know that you're there to do their work. Um, and I wasn't, I mean, there was obviously other contractors there, but I never, in my mind, I was like, if I can get to their property and get to their house, I can sell them on our service. Mm -hmm. And the other thing with home shows is 
be prepared to get the quote back quickly. Because whoever gets the quote back first always has the best shot at the job. So if you're going to do two weeks of appointments but not do any quotes during that time and then start working on the quotes afterwards, you're probably not going to have a high close rate either. Mm -hmm. You almost have to go to the appointments and do the do the quotes the same day and get them out the door. Those are things I had success with. But, uh, yeah. we, did, we did quite a few of them. All right, Dexter, any other questions there? Uh, no, I don't think so. I got um, I got some pretty big news though. Oh, that I um, closed on or sent over a purchase order today from one of my um Chinese friends. So I got a excavator and a dumper coming, like a three ton. Nice, nice. That's a good way to start. Sweet, that's a great way to start the season. Well, mm -hmm. I guess continue the season in British Columbia. There's yeah, no so real should, start or end, right? Yeah. It should hopefully come sooner. Uh, I think in a three months or something, they said. Wow. Beautiful. But it's still Definitely getting time for the start. Nice. Nice. Congratulations, brother. Awesome. Well, thanks for all the help. And uh, thanks for the the podcast, too. I pretty much listen every week. And it's awesome. Good, oh, good we appreciate day, that. Day over with. And some good you know you guys experienced some obviously the same struggles that i've had and all that kind of stuff and you're open about it so we're pretty love to hear it and keep it up <laughs> thanks man we appreciate it thanks for coming on brother thanks, yeah dexter thanks, thanks a lot yeah, we're, thanks for me. when you while you're here where can our audience go find you on instagram or wherever you want to send them to i'm um, just mission custom landscaping beautiful awesome dexter thanks so much man awesome right. thanks for having me take on care brother here. have Bye. a good one take Bye. care see you later Bye. Bye. Uh, Ooh, Trey. Trey, have we kept him waiting? Yeah, um, Trey's been waiting uh, uh, no. patiently for about twenty minutes here. So, Trey, thank you so much. Uh, Trey, at Atlas underscore Yo. Pavers. What's up, guys? How's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Sorry about waiting, but I'm That's sure you didn't, ex you didn't expect less than us that from us. So. No, I didn't know what to expect, but I was doing some stuff, so working um, beside my phone, so it's fine. Awesome. Where are you? The sun's still up there. Yeah, I'm in Vancouver. Well, not quite Vancouver. I'm in the lower mainland, D.C., about 30 minutes from Vancouver. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. two, two phone calls from Vancouver. Two, yeah, two clients. Who is, who is the other one from Vancouver? Uh, Mission Custom Landscaping. Out of mission. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know them. I know. No. Are it's you close cool. to mission? Um, no, like about the same distance actually from Vancouver. Okay. Currently, I live closer to mission. I'm not where I live though. I was out working, so I'm in White Rock. I'm right by the States, but uh, um, yeah, I don't live here. I live uh, more east. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, uh, Trey, thanks for joining us here. Do you have a question you want to ask uh, or anything that you want to touch on? Any topics here? Yeah, man. I, I had a couple questions uh, ready, but I didn't know the format. I wasn't sure if you guys were going to, um, like, how it was going to go. But Yeah, the format's format, whatever I'm you want. Totally up to you. <laughs> okay. we, also, we also didn't know what the format yeah. would be or how it was going to go. <laughs> so, I was thinking, yeah. This yeah. is a write-your-own-adventure. Yeah. Either it could be like you guys are asking the questions about me and then like making corrections or I ask questions. So I have questions if you uh, if you want sure. to take Absolutely. 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 We're in no place to make corrections. So. What was that? We're in no place to make corrections. No? Okay. Well, I wouldn't say so. But... Yeah, we got some questions. So Go for it. Shoot. All right. Well, one is kind of general, if you don't mind. So um, I have some specific questions, but one general question is that um, just looking for some first year advice for someone who knows about uh, the not so much about business, but I've been doing this for a few years, like hardscaping a few years, five years now. But first year advice, someone who just started by themselves, no employees yet. Um getting into the industry if you have any piece of advice for someone that knows 
is confident in their skills as a landscaper, but no business experience and just uh, winging it for the most part. If you have uh, any. Uh, well, I, I think that if you're starting from scratch and you're a good landscaper, and I'm, I'm not going to pump Mike's tires here, but I think that if you're starting out from the beginning, before you start doing things for 30 years on a piece of paper and struggle <laughs> deeply to change, no matter how hard you try, I think yeah. that getting a hold of a program that helps you track your costs, because I think one of the things that, you know, and Mike supplies one. Mike, yeah. what's, it, what's it called again? How to Hardscape Headquarters. Uh, having a program like that, that, um, because I think that one of the things that happens to younger people is their costs get out of control. It happens to many people, but I think that younger yep. people just starting out for sure, like understanding what you have to do to recoup the costs of things that you buy, I think is, and having it in front of your face, I think is a really good tool for the cost of it. And I am not a know your numbers guy, but mm-hmm. this is my advice. My advice is to, to that it's, it's a way can you be successful without that absolutely but i think in some cases it can be a way deeper struggle and uh understanding how to recoup things from the beginning is important because you're going to base everything you do on that and you have a good opportunity to start out so you don't end up 50 years old with a company that's out of control that you have no idea what the costs are and you're just randomly buying shit that's worth two hundred thousand dollars all the time yeah you don't want to end up like that guy and quite easily with knowing your numbers there, uh, just even before you get into the software, just figure out how many hours you have in a season. And then whenever you're quoting a project, figure out how many hours it's going to take you. Divide those two. It's going to give you a percentage. So say you have 100 hours in a season and the project's going to take you 10 hours. That's 10%. And then figure out all your overhead expenses, things that like equipment costs you can add in there and what it costs you to replace that equipment. And anything that comes out of your bank account uh, for your business that isn't tied directly to a specific job, for, add all those overhead expenses up and then just take the percentage, like 10% for that project. So let's say you have $100,000 worth of overhead expenses in a whole year. You take 10% of that, so 10000 and you need to tack that onto that job that's going to take you 10 hours. Yeah. So that's just like the, the simple formula to go along with it. And then add your labor what you think your labor is and your materials, and then make sure you have a good profit percentage on top of that, especially if you're still in the field as an owner operator, it should gotcha. be a higher profit percentage. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's good insight. That's good insight. Thank you. So like, what's the extent of your business right now? Like, what do you own? Like, do you have a truck? Do you have all your hard yeah. tools? Like For sure. run For us sure. through sort of what you, the, so, the depth yeah. of what you've got. Yeah, I have a truck. Then my basic hand tools. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm renting things like a compactor and a, I'm borrow a compactor, but I rent a saw, and then all the machines. So, um, that. Uh, yeah, that's as far as owning things. Most um, input about the overhead. That's good. I I have a basic understanding of of what my overhead is right now um but that that was a good reminder but i actually went into one specific question that i had which was um to do with that kind of um when at the beginning do you did you guys start out Trey, you're cutting in and out right now. Uh, we can't quite hear you. We we heard you list a bunch of... Oh, I think he's gone here. We'll see if he comes back. And uh, in the meantime, we have one more person coming on. Uh, I won't add them in right now. Oh, but, Trey's oh, back. Trey, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, guys. I don't know what happened. No worries. Got it. We heard that you had one more question or, or another question, not just one. Yeah, just yeah. had a, a question that had to do with when you guys started out, did you, um, did you chart, like, do you start out with lower margins? Is that like a fair thing to do to get 
the ball rolling on projects. Because what I've been getting the past month or so is everyone wants to, you know, oh, I want to do this in the spring to save up. You know, you know, I can't really afford that. Like, I've done, like, five estimates this, um, the last probably four weeks and gotten that response every time. And I'm starting to consider, like, maybe I'm, I uh, thought about the overhead and stuff too much and maybe I'm, like, overcharging for what I am right now. Because I know you guys, you can charge a lot. Like, I saw your podcast on on what you charge for the 120-square-foot walkway. You guys can charge those prices because you've been in it for longer. Is someone new, would you tell them, like, start? Oh, no. Uh, He's no. gone. Again. We'll see if he comes back there. What, what would you guys answer? Oh, here. Oh, uh, yeah, I think we're good. Yo, sorry, guys. Yeah, no worries. Sorry, we can hear you still. You can hear me? Yep. Uh, so I would, yeah. yep, I would say to you, you could charge less and make the same as us because you have less overhead. Yeah. Okay. Like you know, you're you're talking about would you work for less margin? I would. I yeah, would. Yeah, a little margin. So I, although my price could be higher than yours, I don't think you should attach yourself to how high the price is, and you should attach yourself to how much you made more. So my price might be higher, but because I have multiple vehicles and staff and a yard that I rent and um, health benefits. And you know, uh, you could just at least an endless amount of overhead that I have your, if I'm doing it for a hundred dollars and you're doing it for 70, there's a good chance that you might actually be making more profit at 70 doing it yourself as a one man person. So right. it, it's more about what do you need to, I was just having this debate with someone recent, like on the way home today because there was a job where we were low on the job, but because we had done so much investigation into the job and could run it in such an efficient manner, we were low, but we still made great money. So right. even though you're not maybe not charging as much, you're building a reputation and you could still be making the same amount of money as everybody else because your your overhead is way like sounds like it's really under control. Um yeah. But that's that's my thoughts on it. The other guys can. Thank you, thank you. So, like for me, whenever I started natural design twelve years ago or whatever, like I didn't know what a margin was, right? Like I knew fuck all about anything business related. I knew that I had a truck and that I had to pay for the fuel that I put in it, um, and that I had to go out and I figured I could make like five or six hundred bucks a day, right? So I was doing like. 100 or two like whatever i thought i could fit in a day i'd be like okay 600 bucks and i go out and i do the job 600 bucks plus materials or whatever then the next day i get in my truck and i go do another one right and the next day it would be like a 500 dollars right. melting job whatever i needed to do to make my five or 600 bucks a day is what i did until people started trusting me to do more elaborate stuff right and it was just a snowball right. effect where like I tuck my tail between my legs. I go to work every day, come home, dust it off. Um, at the end of the week, I'd hopefully have a couple five or $600 checks and I'd go and put them in the bank I put fuel in my truck and go out and do it again the next week. And after a month I could afford a pack or something like that. Right. Till I had all the tools that I needed to, maybe show up and not look like such of a joke or so much of a joke. Right. Not saying you look like a joke by any means. Right. But like, I just wanted to do all these little jobs to set myself up to look like I was bigger than I was. And then oh, people thought I, I was I, big I, enough yeah. to take on bigger yeah. things. Right. right. Um, so I don't know if like when people are telling you we're going to wait till next year, like, are they really waiting till next year or are they waiting for a better, like some people don't know how to tell, you no softly. Right. Yeah. Cause, and I found like, especially looking the way I do, like I look like a piece of shit. Right. So showing up at your house and asking you for a thousand dollars to do a job, people are like, uh, I, I got a lot of no at the start. Right? right. So I was able to push past it with shitty pricing like shitty pricing to me, right? Like I didn't make all that much more than five or 600 bucks a day, but uh, eventually 
all your hard work will pay off and you'll you'll if you have good branding and all this stuff like you'll come out ahead and you'll get the jobs that you really want right you have to tread through the shit first right oh i got you i got you that's good my thoughts Thank on you. that are like you can like all at, at the end of the day is your business and you get to operate your business and price your services however you want to right and um if like you're if you if you think you've priced yourself out of the market and that's why you're getting the nose uh the first thing that i would look at uh before thinking that i priced myself out of the market is like what's my sales process look like am i showing up uh you know, late or do, am I dressed appropriately? And, uh, do my proposals look good? Am I getting them out on time? I would look at those before I think that I'm pricing myself out of the market. And then if it comes down to that, my conclusion is that I'm pricing myself out of the market. I then look at my overhead. Like I've got a little bit of padding personally in my overhead for pricing myself as the business that I want to be tomorrow and not the business that I am today. So I'm pricing equipment that I don't have into my quotes because I'm saving up for that equipment. I've got a whole different bank account for that equipment and I'm accumulating that that money in my bank account for that. Same with like uh, rental yard space and all that so that I'm already pricing myself as the business that I want to be. And if I think I price myself for the market, those are the things that I'll start to take out of my overhead expenses and uh, revert back to pricing myself as the business I am today if push comes to shove if i do believe that the nose that i'm getting or my closing rates going down is that i'm pricing myself out of the market Hmm. that's good too that's awesome thank you yeah that's good good things to consider um yeah thank you for that that's good do do we have more time for for one more thing absolutely that's good because my question goes in perfectly with that was how did your guys sales process look when you started versus now and uh what are the what things should should someone who's new and working by themselves be focusing on in the sales process in relation to the sales process so it's funny that my sales process went from being very in-depth to, I guess when I first, even when I first started, I always knew that uh, follow-up was key. So like for me as a person, uh, when I first started, I always followed up. And then I used, if someone didn't hire me, that was super cool. But I used to ask them why they didn't. And, um, Mm. and so that's how I started. I would, I would go meet people, try to make sure I was back to them within three or four days with a price. And then if they didn't, the, the, my sales process goes back so far though, that there wasn't email. Okay. Oh, so yeah. I know I'm really old, dude. I don't, how old are you? <laughs> how old are you? Like, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm old. So back in the day, you used to have to go to a house, write a, write a quote, and then drive it back to their house and deliver it to them. There mm-hmm. was no other way to get them the quote. Um, so that's how I started. And then I, even then I always made a lot of follow-up and asked a lot of questions. Uh, one of the things I got from that was later in the sales process, I wasn't having success closing jobs over like about $30,000. And so when I started not getting those jobs, I asked people and they said, well, you don't have a good design. And that's when I started, Nancy Green started designing for us because I needed someone to design. Uh, and then Nancy and I, would go to people's houses and sit down at their kitchen table and do a presentation and get them to sign the jobs. Uh, now, in the last two years, that disintegrated into me randomly pricing shit a month after I saw it and sending an email and still getting the job <laughs> for the <laughs> pandemic. Uh, and now, yeah. next year, I feel like... So for the first time in three years, a month ago, there was a job that Nancy and I both really wanted. We went and sat down at the kitchen table and met people. And then I referenced them to 10 other driveways that I'd done before. 
and we're doing follow-up with them to continue the sales process. I haven't done any of that shit for three or four years, but we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're back there now to me yeah. in our area where I'm selling work. We're in a spot where follow-up attention to detail, getting back to people in a prompt fashion, all that stuff's going to matter again, where I'm selling in, in the Durham region. The other two guys, I don't know what their areas are like, but that's where I'm at now. Oh, that's awesome, man. Thank you for that. And that's why, yeah, that's why I wanted to ask, like, how was it when you started versus now? Because it's, I know things can change as you, as you get bigger. So that that's really good, man. Thank you. No problem, man. Mine's just become more and more thorough. And especially in my proposals, because I think that's something that's big for me. And I don't want to ever lose that. I don't want to ever get out of that because one day I hope to have my own salesperson and I don't want to pass off a like uh, what I would think to be a flawed system to them. I want it to be just plug and play, which is why I go down this route of creating this software and having all these systems in place uh, before I get to that point so that it can be just somebody comes in and the system does it for them more or less and they just have to do a few edits and uh they're already into it so that's kind of my game plan um but yeah i've just become more and more thorough with details and i think i've just become better a better people person and being able to read people a little bit better over time oh that's good yeah i think that's that's makes sense with when you think of having to bring people in later um, I think that's why systems are probably more important. Um, and just being passionate too about what you're yeah. talking about to the client. And I, I think that rubs off and, and the people see that as well. Yeah, I found that for sure. Found that for sure. That's good. Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm writing all this down. So if I look oh. like I'm like zoned out, <laughs> if I look like I'm zoned out. You can always why. re-listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> It'll, It'll be, be up this forever. Friday. <laughs> okay. Okay. Perfect. perfect. Chad, tell us about your completely oh, unchanged sales process. You guys are going to hate me. Everybody's going to hate me. I can't. I don't in. think everyone's going to hate you. I Wait, think that we, as, I love you more because this uh, is how you tell things. <laughs> I am the black sheep of landscaping. Like, I came in with the dog shit price, cutting guys off at the knees, doing their. Uh, $5,000 step for like 2500 bucks. Like, I didn't like because nobody told me how to price shit whenever I started off. Right. So, like, I figured, like, well, this sounds about right. We can make a couple hundred bucks a day. I remember some guy chewed me out at the dealership because I only made $800 profit on a, a Venetian overlay job. I'm like, dude, it took me the day. Like, what do you, what do you want? And, mm -hmm. 15 years later, I have, I don't know, probably the biggest landscape company in the city, probably about a, like a $2 million landscape company. And this guy is still driving around in his one pickup truck, right? Like with no yeah. tailgate on the thing. So like, just because you start out doing shitty things doesn't mean you have to stay there forever but, right like so but when you made eight hundred dollars on that overlay this is a side question that i just think is interesting before that guy aggressively assaulted you about it were you happy making eight hundred dollars absolutely and i was happy after he assaulted me about it like, you know like it didn't a, matter that's that's the thing like if you're if you've set a goal of making eight hundred dollars in a day and you make eight hundred dollars that day that's to me, that's fucking awesome. If some other dude would have made $1,500, great for him. You made what you wanted out of the day. You made how you valued your time. You decided your self worth and then you followed through on it. That yeah. to me is amazing. That's like, does it matter yeah. that you now, now you've learned you could have made more? But in the yeah. moment, I think that's still pretty fucking great when you first start. Or maybe I couldn't have made more, right? Maybe there I was at the top of their budget as it was. Maybe they weren't going to do the job at all if it went yes. for any more than that, right? Maybe they stretched it a little and made that work. But I'll let you in on a little secret. Some days we don't make $800, <laughs> you know? Like, even at this stage <laughs> in the game, like, shit mm -hmm. can go fucking south real bad, you know? So, like, some $800 are an okay day. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, 
it's great, but it's not always great, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, my sales tactic, hit them with the low price, um, try and get there as soon as you can to do the job. Right. Um, right. Whenever I was starting out, like I remember not knowing how to estimate stuff. So we would do like material times two, right. Which is low. Like mm-hmm. that leaves you with a low price, but that's, that's how the, the retailers are like, well, people are sometimes doing material times two and that's good. So I just took that and ran. Right. And yeah. like, I'm not that guy anymore, but uh, yeah, he does material times three now. Yeah. Times <laughs> <laughs> Get on a private coaching call with me after I tell you about my square foot price. Yeah. 35. <laughs> 35 plus a little bit for the pain in the ass. Uh, pain yeah. in the ass. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, oh, you already got it. <laughs> that $3,000 course just went free. He lives in Oppression, Canada. He knows it's a yeah. $60 course that costs $3,000. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what do you do now, Chad? Uh, I fill out commercial RFQs based on prices that worked last year. <laughs> <laughs> but what would you do with a residential sales call if someone called you today and you actually answered your phone? Let's say someone called you and you actually answered your phone and made an appointment. What's I, the next thing you would do? So here's the thing. I did two estimates this week for next year. One was a month late. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure as shit not getting that one. Um but the other one I went to was for like a flagstone patio and all this stuff, right? And I just took my measure. Like I met with the client, super nice guy, talked about the job a little bit. I said, okay, I'm going to grab my measurements off Google Earth. Um, I always do. I still, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I've never done that. I always do it. How accurate is it? Uh, pretty good. Yeah? I'd say you get within 10%, which is good. Good enough for me, right? Um <laughs> Good enough for those that live here. Yeah. Um, took my measurements. He's like, at times, he's like, oh, I want like a two-foot flagstone walkway. I'm like, nobody wants a two-foot flagstone walkway. <laughs> right? Like, nobody, you can't give somebody a two-foot flagstone walkway. Um, How can you even make a two-foot flagstone so, walkway? I don't know. You'd have but to anyway, cut, the, cut the flagstone. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm just like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And, it, and thinking in my head, I'm like, this guy's getting at least a four-foot walkway, right? Because it, even I'm not going to price things based on what you ask for. I'm going to price things based on what you need. Because if I give you what you ask for, you're not going to be happy because you were wrong to start with. Because if That could should you be your company motto. <laughs> you were wrong to start with. You were wrong to start with. NDL, you were wrong to start with. <laughs> Put it on all your trucks. <laughs> no, it's just like, could you? You could have that conversation with them on the site, right? Mm-hmm. Or you could disregard it and price it how it needs to be. And if they go with it, great. If not, good, because I don't have to do a shitty job and you don't have to be mad at after the fact because I didn't do it, right? Or I did it the way you wanted to and it's not the right way. Because mm-hmm. you didn't know what you were talking about to begin with. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm the last person you want to be taking advice for about estimates. But um, so you do commercial yeah. now? Yeah, I mostly do like commercial work. We're probably ninety percent commercial now. But oh. like over the past five years, we've migrated this way just because. I gravitate like it's it's just a better place for me to be because I'm not all that personable. I'm more of a, I mean, it's easier for me to talk to GCs and site guys than it is for me to talk to homeowners. Yeah. I get that. It's cool. Any any other questions there, Trey? How much time do we have? I could do this. It's <laughs> not the right question. We've I'm, got like five, seven more minutes. Like till eight, eight, uh, or eight for us, five for you. I think here. Yeah. All right. Uh, you yeah. got time for a quick question? Yeah. Okay. Quick question would be: What are your guys' thoughts on? Uh, or do you have experience 
what are your thoughts you have experienced? Would you recommend working with home builders? Um, starting out just cause I've, I've been calling them and having some conversations. Um, yeah, I just want, want your advice or, uh, your opinions, thoughts. Are you talking for just to just to quantify it? I've worked with home builders where I was sodding fifty lots, and I've worked with home like. Or are you talking about doing custom hardscape packages for each house? Home builders that are working on one lot at a time. Like uh, yeah. and it's you. So you're are you trying to get your sorry? This, this is a complex question because I've looked at this a million different ways. Sorry. So, no, no, that's okay. No, I, I just, there's a lot of layers to it. So are you looking to have your work included in the mortgage or are you looking to have your work paid separately by the homeowner? Um, the builder, the home builder would be the client. The home builder would be so the okay. client in the mortgage. So in Ontario, one of the issues with that is that you have to carry the tarry-on warranty with that work because it's part of the house. If okay. the home if the home builder is selling it as so that there's a bunch of like issues that way with working at a home builder and doing custom hardscapes as part of the mortgage of the house, it becomes part of the purchase price of the house. And then because it's built with the house, in my understanding, it becomes part of the tariff. So I've personally never done that style of work with a home builder. I I just I looked at it a bunch of times. It just seemed like wrought with disaster on my end. So I never, that's not saying there isn't someone being super successful doing it. It just, it wasn't for me. I have worked with builders where I would sod 50 lots or we had a builder where we planted 20 shrubs in a garden in front of every house. Um, and that kind of stuff worked for us where we made decent money doing that. We had one home builder that I think it was 12 shrubs in front of every single house they ever built. They planted a garden with like three spirea, three wagelia, two Mountbatten's and a couple lilies or whatever. And it was the same. There was, you would make two packages and you would, and that worked really well. That was a productive relationship, a custom hardscaping one. I always got nervous with the fine detail points. I don't know if the other guys have a different experience than me, but. I've always been told not to work for home builders. They notoriously go tits up and don't pay their bills. I mean, obviously they're not all like this, but um on that note, don't work at spas. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Sorry, Chad. Go ahead. No, it's just, uh, I mean, I guess you could. But, like, from my understanding, working with a home builder, they're looking for, like, uh, a three-foot pad at the bottom of the stairs so that they can pass code and shit like that, right? Fine. It's like, a couple hundred bucks here and there. If it, if it fills up the schedule and stuff, yeah, you might be able to make something there. But just... I feel like that's better work for employees rather than an owner operator. Hmm. Yeah. I did anything to start. Like, it uh, just, yeah, I guess so. Like there, I would say no to nothing like mulching old lady's garden. while while she was like groping me, you know, <laughs> just to, to make my $500 that day. It's whatever you have to do. <laughs> There's no shame in it when you start out. <clears throat> yeah, that's good. Okay. Did you work for home builders, Mike? I've never, no. So I don't have much to say on this. Okay. Yeah. We got like three more minutes left. If that unless we didn't cover what you wanted there. No, man, you're you're good. I I also I, feel like if you're going to go to a neighborhood of new houses, yeah, you're better to beat down those doors on your own than have someone d drive your price down so that they can put their points on top. That's a good point. Yeah, like true. I don't, I don't know that there's because at the end of the day, anytime I've encountered this, the home builders have wanted me to sell the package to the the um the clients, anyways. But now I'm like, all, so basically all they're doing is introducing me to the client. There's some temptation there if it's the money's part of the mortgage because I think people are apt to spend more when they don't have to take any money out of pocket. Yeah. 
which is why they can sell pickup trucks for 120 grand now. Um, yeah. no one puts anything down on them. It's basically, yeah. like, it's basically like a mortgage. <laughs> it's like, uh, so I, that's just my, I think that you're, if you really want to pursue building around new homes, you're almost better to just Google ad target those new home areas or Facebook ad target. Cause you can target right down to a neighborhood. Right. And I think that's a better way to spend your time and money because a lot of those people are also not going to take the builder's package. Some might, but there's going to be a lot of people in the neighborhood that don't because they, they don't want to add it to the mortgage or they don't, they get turned off by the, you know, there's a bunch of people who don't get hardwood floors and get them put in the next year because they think they can save money that way. I'd say you're better off to follow the pavers around like the asphalt pavers than you are to follow the home builders around. Right. Because you can put in the interlock entrance way right before the pavers come in. And those people have money because they're already getting their, their, they've saved up to get their driveway paved. The guys that just bought a new house don't always have money to throw out landscaping right away. Right. So I'd, I'd approach the pavers okay. more so than like uh, you're talking paving, asphalt paving companies. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like link up yeah. with one of them. Like, yeah, I'm sure it's easy to make friends with those guys, right? Cause yeah. you can swap work too, right? Yeah. Like we're friends with like four paving guys in the city just because they know we have to come in before them and do our work and we'll recommend them or they'll recommend us because we leave the site in good shape for them and everything. Like they're probably one of the best relationships to have. That was they my first move yeah. when I started out too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. yeah. Okay. That's all. Thank you guys. Appreciate yeah. that. No problem, bro. No problem. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, Trey, where where can our audience find you? If uh you wanna leave us with the Instagram handle or something like that? Yeah, Instagram. It's uh Atlas underscore pavers. Awesome. awesome. Trey, thanks a lot. Thanks for the quick great questions. Yeah, thanks, brother. That was thanks, great. Man. Have, a, Have good a good night. Enjoy dinner out in Vancouver. Oh yeah. Almost. We'll be going to bed because we're old. <laughs> well, I'm old. Have a good night, brother. Take it easy. All right. Our final guests here. We have till about 8.30 with them. This isn't... I don't don't know if it's a coaching call. They did reach out uh, when I posted the coaching call thing. But this is actually a guest that one of you guys posted on their... uh, We have a problem on a job site, Reels. Uh, This is the... (laughs) 